everyone and welcome down to episode 49 of the Down South Photo Show uh, with me. Oh, no, I'm not doing it that way. I'm doing it this way. First of all, I want to <laughs> thank everyone Christ. for Good start. subscribing. The subs- we've had a spike in subscribers. Um, oh. Another one. I don't know if this yeah. one's a real one or not, but we can find, we can check that. Yeah, that, um, this one This one seems to be less subcontinently spiked. <laughs> <laughs> we've got, uh, got some new followers. We've got some new people on board, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, our last episode on composition rated really well on the podcast charts, Cam, which was that, pretty cool. That would indicate that we got the composition of the episode spot on. Hello. Uh, it would. Not bad for completely winging it at the time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, thanks everyone for, for the comments on the episode last week, which was really well received. So thank you. Yeah. My name is Brendan Waits. I'm here in Ocean Grove in Victoria. That guy over there is Cam Blake. He's in Hobart, Tasmania. Hello, Cameron. G'day, Brendan. Uh, that was a very good intro. I like it. <laughs> oh, I had to go off script. I was. I think if you play back through, what's this episode forty nine? I think if you yeah. go back through forty of them, they all start exactly the same. They all start the same. So we're mixing it up. Maybe we should just reverse the episodes and finish first and start last. We can do a, ba- a reverse episode. We could. Um, I'm really well. Dear, dear Cam, yeah. I have a dick. No, no we, <laughs> we do have a dear Cam, don't we? This episode, we do have a dear Cam tonight. So stay tuned for that. Exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a little teaser for you, folks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we've got some a little bit of a spike in subscribers, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and you said, like you said, the last episode had a bit of a peak to it, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, I just got back from a workshop at Cradle, and a couple of guests there were also saying that they'd listened to it a couple of days before they came along. Actually, no, it came out. They listened to it the episode before, and then they listened to the compositional but one as isn't well. That so part of the contract when you sign them up for a workshop. Uh, yeah, it is, and it is. And again, I'm, I'm absolutely shitful at promoting this uh, myself in the show um, yeah yeah i'm pretty so, ordinary at it as well but that's okay yeah but um yeah no it's good so thank you everyone for listening and all the feedback uh again we love the feedback we love the comments even if the comments don't really gel with what we say mm-hmm. we don't care we'll, we'll i know there's one of our listeners um who's actually been a host he uh, he had a few things to say which is great <laughs> i love it yes uh he got it sounded like he got a bit fired up but maybe he didn't i don't know no no not that, not that kind of guy no not at all no hey, all right. love lover not a fighter all right excellent yeah uh yep. so um what uh what are we going to start with background so I'm, see, no, I, I changed no, the script I, I re- and then yeah, now i've lost yeah, the plot i reckon we start with the digi direct competition that's still of course going on we do yeah, uh, yeah. DigiDirect, um, our good friends at DigiDirect in Melbourne, Victoria, Show sponsor. Australia, uh, who sponsored episode 47 a couple yep. of weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, gave us a $150 gift voucher to give away. And that's for any DigiDirect store. Well, you can use it online, you can use it in store, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have to be at DigiDirect Melbourne to use it. Right. And um, yeah, what we want to, the way we're going to uh, give out that voucher is we want to see your landscape photos. So uh, we want you to message them to us via um, direct message or Instagram message so that we see them because sometimes when you send them just as a, uh, a tagged comment or something like that, it disappears into the ether. So we want to actually see these uh, entries. So yeah. uh, send them on in and we're going to pick the best one and we're going to give you $150 voucher to use DigiDirect. How cool we, is that? We are, absolutely. And we've already had a few people send them in. So it's on the run. Right. Um, at the moment, there's, a, there's about three or four people in the running for $150 vouchers. So, nice. um, and they're good. I, I like them. I like, well, I like seeing go. landscape porn. There you go, folks. If you've only, if there's only three or four so far, the odds are very, very good. So yeah. get an entry in. Having said that though, and this is something I'll put it in the notes because we had a good conversation on the way back from Cradle Mountain yesterday about mm-hmm. this. There hasn't been a female landscape photographer enter so far. Right. So, um, male or female, let's not let the guys get all the you know all the accolades and all the fifty dollar, hundred fifty dollar vouchers. Let's see some ladies put their landscape shots in as well. well they, um, there yeah. are there are more than half of the population is female, so come on, yeah. let's see them. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I'm going to put in the notes as you're going on to our background. You'll start with your background. I'm going to put something in our notes that we might chat about as well because this is how scripted we are. We just make shit up on the go. As we as we fly, I like it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to start with my background. This is the Ovens River as it flows right through the heart of beautiful Bright, uh, one of Cam's favourite stomping grounds. Bright yeah. for sure. Hundred um, percent. If you look 
straight into the image across the other side is the beginning of the caravan park that's over on that side of the yes, river. Yes, yes. Uh, if you were to go upstream to my right, there's the the little bridge and the little cascades and stuff. So mm. this is literally right behind the best establishment in Bright, which is, of the, course, the Bright Brewery. The Bright Brewery, exactly. Absolutely <laughs> wonderful part of the world. This was autumn 2018, I reckon. Mm. Uh, so this was... Well, a couple, yeah, a couple of years, geez, four years ago, four and a half years ago, bloody Nora, where the hell was this time going? But um, it was actually sort of lateish autumn, as you can tell. There wasn't a heap of foliage, but by yeah. geez, it was kicking off. It was uh, sort of later in the day as the sun was getting low and creating some beautiful colours on the Ovens River. Yeah. Fantastic spot. If you haven't been, you must. Well, if you haven't been, this is a bit of a shout out to everyone that listens. We have quite a lot of subscribers on the second weekend of October, starting on the 7th of October, there is the Bright Festival of Photography, arguably the best photography festival in Bright that's held each year. Uh, it's been online for the last few years due to our good friend COVID, but we're back in person this year. 500 tickets are on sale. They're selling them fast and almost sold them out. Uh, but what it is, it's a weekend of multiple different workshops across multiple genres of photography. Yes. Park your bum in Bright and you just go around up Mount Buffalo, out to the Buckland Valley, right where Brendan is in that shot there, all these different workshops. It's an amazing um, weekend of stuff. It's about $160-odd for a ticket. That gets you into almost most of the workshops and you can buy some extra time at different workshops. Fills in a few days, starts Friday lunchtime, finishes Sunday afternoon. Um, so it's B, what is the address? www.bfopaustralia.com.au. Get on it, folks. That is BFOP, as in Bright Festival, Festival of, Photography. of Photography. Yeah, I knew it. Oh, well, act, link in uh, description, no doubt. Link in description. Uh, my background, I still don't know how to, I can't do this so or you're anything. You're too far away. You need a, like a stick to reach to cover your well, camera. I've got a lens cap. That yeah, won't that work. That no. um, was just a plug for Olympus. It was. The former artist formerly knows something else. Um, so this is uh, Reynolds, Reynolds Falls. I put this up because we're, we're going to have a chat about waterfalls tonight in case you haven't figured that out. Um, but this is just a beautiful waterfall. It's about a 2018 k hike west of Cradle Mountain. Um, for those who do come on workshops or know me pretty well, this has a pretty epic story behind how this photo was captured and how we got out of there. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's a pretty... Uh, full-on story but it's a beautiful waterfall it's about a 60 70 meter waterfall just shoots out the wall into this sort of you know prehistoric landscape so it's uh it's definitely one to visit if you've got the uh the means well i'm going to put a link in description for the story that you told uh with another organization about that photo yes i did did i which one did it i tell that you remember It'll come back to you. <laughs> All, right. All right. Oh, yeah, actually, I think I do remember. Yes. yes. yes yeah, we'll chuck, we'll chuck it. We'll chuck a, uh, yes. That's an embarrassing video. But anyway, we'll chuck it in there. Um, um, so, yeah, that's, 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 that was my background. Nice. You had a workshop at the lovely Cradle Mountain. Now, I, again, I get, uh, speaking of photo porn, Cam sends me, well, he puts it out there and I follow Cam's stuff. So, I've seen some lovely stuff coming out of Cradle Mountain mm. over the last few days. Um, looks like conditions were chef's kiss. They were. Um, although for a winter photography workshop at Cradle Mountain, we had two hours of snow over <laughs> four or five days. So it wasn't as wintry as we would normally expect in the first couple of weeks of August. That's okay, though. Um, but we did get conditions that are pretty rare uh, at Cradle Mountain. We had almost back-to-back-to-back sunrise sunsets with absolutely mint light. And we're still getting that funny glow that everyone keeps saying is from this Tongan volcano that's spinning in the atmosphere, all this ash. And we got that sort of magentary gold glow happening each night. So we got some stunning shots of Cradle Mountain with a dusting of snow, mirror lake, no wind. Uh, It was magic. So it was a really good workshop. We had a great group. Uh, they're all watching, no doubt. Now, I did plug it to the group because most, most of them already listened anyway. So yeah. uh, g'day to you guys who came along. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, we had plenty of laughs, plenty of stories, um, heaps of photographs. And uh, we ran into another couple of photo groups there as well. So the first week or two of August seems to be the prime time to do Cradle Mountain. So we ran into a guy, I can't think of his name, Tom, Tom Dutt or... Tom Butt, oh, yeah. I, I can't think. He's, yeah, he's a bit no, 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 no. Pom Tut. 
Oh, Pom Tut. Yeah, yeah. Pom yeah. Tut yeah. from the, the other side of the bay from you. Yeah. He was there running a workshop. Where he, his guests actually seemed really nice, which I was surprised at that they would book yeah. with him. But yeah. um, they they had Did a great... You, uh, what is, does it get awkward? It doesn't get awkward. Tom and I are actually pretty good mates. So um, he walked out of the reception after logging in. He got there a couple of days after we did. Uh, he walked out of reception of the lodge and we saw each other. We shook hands, said, G'day, how are you going? And he introduced me to, it was quite funny, he introduced me to his group and he said, oh, this is Cam Blake. And everyone's like, oh, okay, I think I know you. And and uh, at that time, because we've been going so hard morning, night and in between, I had half my group decided that they were going to have a, a, a nap for an hour or two, just have an hour back in their cabins to chill out. And I had another two ladies that decided to take off into this big King Billy forest behind the uh, behind the lodges. So it's very safe and, you know, straightforward. I said, look, if you guys want to go for a walk there, um, I'll get a few things organized for the afternoon. And so he's like, oh, this is Cam. He's running a workshop. Where, where are all your guests? <laughs> and I'm like, well, wow. two of them are in the forest and three of them are in bed. So mm. that, that looked a bit weird, but um, yeah. and then we caught up down the lake and, um, yeah, Tom and I get on really well. Um, yeah, we um we exchanged a lot of details and notes and showed him, told him what was working for us when we were there and uh, and vice versa. So he's still up there. He's been sending me pictures today from Cradle, like I send to you, um, rubbing it in. So yeah, it was good. It was a really good workshop. We had a great time. Good. Yeah. Nice. How was your, how's your week? Are you are you buying new cars and flash new houses now <laughs> with the shop? And I'm I'm I'm. Clearing the backlog is what I'm doing. We're yeah. um yeah, well and truly entrenched in a new location now. Um more people have come to see me in the last three weeks than probably for the last year at the old location. It's just been that, crazy out. That's brilliant. Um yeah, it's, it's really good. And um a lot of uh people have said that they've listened to the show as well, which is really cool. That's good. Um so yeah, no, it's it's great. But uh, a lot of a lot of canvas work going out so because the the new shop's got really good exposure front windows wise i've put a lot of my canvases on display and they're selling really well which is great but also people are like hey you can make this photo onto a canvas for me it's like yep i can do that so yeah there's been a lot of that going on in fact before we got on air tonight i was in here i've done five canvases so far and i've got two to finish after we do the oh oh, so i was gonna i was gonna say because Printing a print off at your work, as I know, it's print off the printer, roll up, away you go. Mm-hmm. But doing canvases, that that that's a lot more involved for you. It is. Because you make the frame or you get the frame and put them all together mm-hmm. and then you stretch mm-hmm. it all and staple mm-hmm. it all down plus you print it. So yeah. um, are you going to look at employing someone to do your canvases for you? I have um, uh, my very good mate. Uh, here's a plug my good mate Chris at uh, the frame shop Geelong uh, who makes currently makes all the stretcher bars for me, has put his hand up to start doing the stretching for me as well, oh, nice. um, which is great. So he'll be handling a lot of, particularly the bigger ones, because I'm just so tight for room and and transporting big canvases can be fraught with danger. They're, mm-hmm. they're fragile. You've got to look after them. So the, as much as I can minimize that, the better. So I've got Chris O doing... Uh, doing a lot of uh, canvas stretching for me now, which is great. So I uh, dropped off oh, 10 or so canvases to him last night. So, yep, it's good. Yeah. We're, and, and, and it'll free me up a little bit more to actually get back into taking some photos, which would be mint. That's what I'm, That's my main, uh, yeah. the, the main drive of uh, getting into the new shop too, is to hopefully I can uh, turn things around a bit and get back out in the field. Yeah. Well, that, that's, yeah, that's good that he can help out. Um, yep. Because like I said, I, I, I've been in that shed where you are, and there is a lot of stuff there, and it does Mate, get it gets full. If, on. if I could, if I could get rid of the, ba- I'm not going to do it because you, you, it's such a bloody mess in here. But the, uh, yeah, there's, I've got. If I turn around, I can see ten unstretched canvases, probably three or four that are complete, five, six that are complete, and yeah, it's just, and it's like this all the time, and it's annoying me because I, I work all day, and then I come home, and then I hang out with the kids for a couple of hours, and I go into the shed and stretch canvases. So yeah, so, yeah. That something's got to give there, and it is. It's changing, so it's good. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's fair enough. So, yeah. well, it's good though. It's good that it's busy, and um, yeah, I'm sure you'll work it out as you always do, and yeah, it's all that, that work life balance, isn't it? Yeah, um, camera and photo.com.au. If you want to order a canvas print, you can do it online as well. How yeah. exciting! It is very exciting. Uh, maybe I'll sponsor an episode and give away a $150 voucher, sponsor your own show. Why not? I think I've done it before, actually, haven't I? I think you <laughs> did, yeah. 
Well, inserted an ad at some point. You did nice. insert an ad. <laughs> Actually, you did insert an ad for that, and the feedback yeah. I got was, "Don't do that." <laughs> yes, can you stop doing that? <laughs> can you stop doing your own ad? So, yeah. um, that was back when we had like eighty subscribers. Imagine the out outrage now. Yeah. Um, no, fair enough. Right. What are we What are we talking about tonight, Cameron? Uh, I had a couple of things, and one little quick one I just typed in there at the moment yes. um, that I wanted to talk about was on the way back from Cradle Mountain, and I know we have a fairly good, healthy sort of Tasmanian listenership uh, of this show, and on the way back from Cradle Mountain, uh, people were asking a few questions, and we are just going through some of the other landscape photographers around Tassie that, you know, that pop up, and for the life of me, I could only come up with maybe one or two female Tasmanian landscape photographers that I cross paths with. Um, that's not to say there's not a hell of a lot more, but it was really quite interesting. And and then we started going through. We sort of started working through the states of Australia and you know the landscape photographers. And we've, well, I know we've spoken about female landscape photographers before on the show, um, but again, it just seems like there's a, a bit of a, a lack of landscape photographers that are female in Australia. And I'm sure there's a lot more. And the question that we're talking about is, you know, why aren't they as visible, visible or as vocal or, you know, maybe that's just the thing that female photographers are not as big and boisterous as, as us. Um, but, yeah, I'd, li- I'd love people to, again, just, just plug in our, in our comments the, the female landscape photographers that inspire them across Australia. If you know some really good Tasmanian ones that I, for some reason, don't know, please put them in the comments as well. But it was just one of those. It was driving along and, like, oh, as you're driving along, you're trying to think. I'm like, I can't, I can't think of too many, to be honest. And I was a bit shocked by that. So I mm. thought just a quick little tap on there. If you do have, I know we've, you know, we've had people, uh, I know Mika Boyton actually is one great one in Northeast Victoria. And she plugged a lot of uh, landscape photographers, female landscape photographers that were global. Um, but I'd like to see more well, of Australians. Uh, it won't be too much longer. And we, we, we might even have Mika on the show, but we'll see how we go there. Um, yeah. We'll put the feelers out. and Yeah, absolutely. We'll get that happening at some point. That'd be great. Well, I'll, um, I'll see. I'll see her at BFOP, so maybe I can. Right. Well, I can go. round her up into a corner yeah. and say, "Right, you're coming on the show." Well, because um, I'm not going to be around during BFOP, so maybe no, she can come no. on. Maybe maybe she can co-host with you for one episode. Maybe. Who knows? I don't, I, I don't know how I go being because I'd probably be the host then, wouldn't I? Uh, no, she would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, that's okay. If she takes over, then I'm happy. I'm happy just to follow along. But yeah, no, that was just I a quick be, little thing. I, hey. I haven't given up on the idea of doing doing a show while I'm in New Zealand, so we'll see. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, well, the the uh, inverse to that, or the converse inverse to what you're saying there, is uh, where are all the male baby portrait photographers? That's true. Mm. But does that? So, but that, but that does I don't that, know. I don't know if it's a if it's just a. Is photography, is photography though that pigeonhole where I don't know. you know, like I, I know down here in Tassie, we were also talking about this about the female or the uh, the wedding photography gang or crew, mm-hmm. and I, I would have to say I think there's a lot more female wedding photographers here in Tasmania, like a majority, big yeah. majority more. Um, From my experience, because I print for a lot of pro photographers, it's well in my area, it's pretty much a fifty fifty split for weddings. Yeah, um, so weddings would be fifty fifty. Uh, portrait work, straight out portrait, and particular baby portrait stuff, female yeah. dominated, absolutely yeah. dominated. And then landscape photography, um, you're right. I would have to think pretty hard in this area. I, I know, definitely know two or three for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I can very quickly rattle off the male ones really fast who seem mm. to be a lot more prolific. So yeah. it's interesting, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure what to put it down to. Yeah, and that's, I don't know. Like we also had another conversation that we have a fair bit. Is uh, I, I seem to get probably majority females on my my workshops, which is awesome. Um, you know, I, I don't rate people by gender as to how they take photos or how good or bad they take photos or whatever. But I, I tend to attract more female photographers on my workshops, um, and and it becomes a, a question about oh, I don't feel safe about going on my own to some landscape so i don't feel comfortable going out on my own yeah sure. and, and, and i and i absolutely hate the fact that 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 there is people in our community that would feel awkward about going yeah. out on their own to take photos yeah, and i understand that why that's, that that's yeah. one of the reasons yeah. yeah and and that may be one of the reasons why we have a, a more prominent 
industry of like i said female wedding photographers or baby photographers or portrait because there is a bit more of a safety zone that they work in i guess like yeah. they're working in a studio or they're working yeah, so you know you know well i think the caveat is we're, we're talking about professionally right yeah so yeah. we're not just talking about you know um, hobbyists we're talking about professional landscape photographers yeah seems to be male dominated and I, yeah yeah and, and i think that's global yeah yeah well pardon my ignorance but i think i think that's global so yeah anyway but yeah just that was i just wanted to touch on that it's not something that we thought about yesterday on the way home so if you've got some australian landscape photographers now we know like there's some pretty big ones out there um you know like julie fletcher and mika and a few others so but if there's other ones in your local area that you really like even if they're not well known even if it's just someone you think takes wonderful photo photos i was going to say potato graphs then maybe not potato graphs but photographs photo, photo, photographs Phot photographs um then yeah chuck chuck some details in the comments i'd love to you know go and have a look we, and we start have, following uh, these things we have a very talented uh lady in our area sandy goddard who i think is yeah. a listener um right. she's she's very very talented does very very good landscapes uh in fact, I bumped into her one day down at uh, Hopeton Falls while yes. she was there. And yeah, yeah, very, very talented, uh, good landscape photographer. So yeah, by all means, um, hit us up in the comments uh, if you want us to drop a link to your page and that sort of stuff. Ladies, yeah. happy to yeah. happy to give you a shout out. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that was, like I said, that was the little mini topic I wanted to touch on. So yeah. yeah. And so. the uh, so the next sort of thing that we wanted to talk about was all about different camera brands. Mm. Uh, now this is this is very broad cam was there was there one particular area you want to talk about or uh, you want to talk look, more broadly broadly and narrowed down i guess okay. like, again like a lot of these Let's things pick the eyes out of this yeah and this is the thing this is what i do on workshops i go away and spend time with these awesome people for five or six days we all talk shop as you do and i always come away with these questions so you know these guys keep feeding my interest in photography and my passion so yeah yeah. But like every workshop we go to, and even with Tom Putt's workshop that was there, and there was another uh, We Are Raw, who are another photography tour group, uh, they were out there as well. Everyone's got different brands. Everyone's got different lenses. Everyone. But you talk to people, it's like, oh, you've got a Canon. Okay, yeah, cool. Okay, what, what, why did you go with Canon? Oh, X, Y, and Z. Or, oh, you got Olympus. Oh, okay, why did you go X, Y, and Z? But I, there's such a wide range of brands out there. Mm -hmm. But the question I want to put out there is, does it make any difference? Yeah. Like the the brands to me now, because people, you know, I, I had my Fuji, I had the, the medium format Fuji I took with me, uh, and people ask a lot of questions about that camera because it's a medium format and it's a bit, a bit of a bit of a wanker camera type of thing. But um, people are like, oh, yeah, it must be heaps better. I'm like, well, no, I reckon I can take a photo on this camera, my Olympus and a, a Leica and a Sony, put them all together. Print them, put them on the wall. You won't tell the yeah. difference. The, the, uh, the differences yeah. are so marginal now. Yeah, they um, are. Yeah, and 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 I think actually it's been that way for quite some time. But yeah. the differences really are marginal. It used to be, and I think when digital was in its infancy back in our camera house days, Cam. Yeah. Uh, particularly when digital SLRs first came along, I think there were some big differences. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't necessarily a big difference in the price point. They were no. all roughly around the same sort of coin. Yeah. But. I got to a point, uh, and actually the the one, and uh, people are going to say, oh, you're a bloody fanboy. The one that stood out for me early days was Olympus. Um, Jeez, you're such a fanboy. I oh, know, for their colour palette mainly. I think yep. I really liked Olympus' colour, the E300. Yeah. Remember, remember that little? You would have owned one of those. I think I owned um, one of those, yeah. <laughs> I went through like three of them. I loved yeah. that camera. I wish yeah. I still had one. I can't even, don't, I probably have I'm not one buying somewhere. you one, all right? I already bought you a K1000. I'm not uh, the, buying your bloody three. The thing of the past, the eight megapixel U beauty, uh, three, <laughs> three, count of three, three focus points. Yeah, oh, for three focus points. It's amazing. <laughs> Get out of town. How many is in the latest Sony A7R? Uh, like 195 or something. Oh, I think there's even more than that. Yeah. <laughs> See, look, what we got talking about on the weekend as well that, you know, if, if you took all the brands together, chucked them in a big barrel and twisted them around, what would you come out with? And, yeah. And I've had this conversation a few times, and you're spot on what you're saying about the Olympus cameras. But Olympus and Fuji have a very, very popular color palette. People, especially for landscapes, yeah, uh, they do greens and blues and and things like yeah. that well, really, well, really Fuji, nicely. Fuji are known to mimic their film, so that's right. And, and yeah. they actually have the filters built in where you can actually shoot. That's right. You, know, you can shoot Provia or Velvia yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, so very, very cool. Um, so yeah, like that's, that's sort of something that we come away with each time. That you know what brand. 
I think we need to stop having this brand conversation. Like people are like, oh, what are you using? What are you using? Like it's it's good to know, oh, okay, you got a Sony, what's that like? And oh, okay, they're cool, whatever. But I think when you get to the next step where you sort of start comparing quality, I think that conversation is dead. I don't think it's even relevant anymore. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right for the most part. Um, we've talked about this before, but the diff- I, I find the difference because I print a lot. Yeah. Um, that That's where the differences can definitely be seen when it comes to printing an image. However, I always sort of... Um, do a 180 on that when I say, well, it's all about correct viewing distance anyway. So, yeah, you know, you can, yeah. you can enlarge a photo up to a thousand percent in Photoshop and have a look at it and see how sharp it is. And all. That's great. But then drop it back out to a hundred percent and then print it at 20 by 30 inches and then put it on a wall. Yeah. Now I just want to run the folks through when I talk about correct viewing distance, what I actually mean by that. Yeah. Yes. So correct viewing distance on a screen or a print or an image or a canvas roughly is three times its diagonal. So for example, if I've got a a, a 60 by 40 inch or a meter and a half by a meter canvas, the diagonal on that is gonna be something like 1.25 meters. Well, correct viewing distance on that means it's three and three quarter meters away. Yeah, That's a long way. That's that. If you think about that, like the average house, <clears throat> that's the, other the side average of the room. sized lounge room, you're on the other side of the room. Yeah. A- average yeah. size, right? So, when you take into account correct viewing distance, and this is one thing that's bugged me my whole career is, so I'll give an example. We went on, it was actually um, the artist formerly known as, we, I went on one of their training days back when I was, I just started with Geelong Camera House. Yeah. And I think that might've been just when Micro Four Thirds came out, actually, it was around then. And uh, with their, what was that first, the EM1? Yeah, EM1, um, yep. Yeah, yep. great camera, fantastic camera. But we went to uh, Werribee Open Range Zoo and we shot all these awesome photos. And then we ended up at, a, at some hotel in um, in Melbourne in the boardroom and, and they're showing us, we printed off some photos. And they put this print of one of, I did a photo of a giraffe. It was really cool. They printed it off on some Epson and he gave me a magnifying glass. Yep. And I went, yeah, okay, it's good. He said, no, 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 have a close look. And I went, why? Yeah. What? When am I ever going? When is anyone ever going yeah, to do that? It looks right. awesome. I can yeah. see it looks awesome. Yeah. And yeah. now that could have been any company's training day and I would have had exactly the same response. But yeah. it comes down to marketing and, you know, they they put this technology in they, and they are sharp and, and, and certain brands are better. And they drive that point so hard to the fact that people go, oh, well, you know, Sony and Canon and Nikon, they're, they're, this is the best, this is the best. You know, and, and to some extent, certain images are better on certain cameras, but at correct viewing distance, they're all the same. Yeah. <laughs> like they're, yeah. like, uh, and like you say, it's within really narrow margins yeah. of difference. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, like that, that's the thing these days is I, I, I've been saying for a few years, but I think a lot of people and this will get a few people riled up, but I think a lot of people have actually been victims of really good marketing. Yeah. That that they've actually gone and bought a camera purely on the back of being sucked in from marketing as opposed to buying what's best for them as a photographer. And, you know, I see it all the time. I see people rock up with these, you know, amazing cameras and they don't touch 90% of the features that these cameras have or they don't even understand what the features or or sensor or autofocus is capable of doing. So yeah. I, really, I really think we need to just... You know, it's a bit like what we spoke about the other week about real photography and digital art. We need to draw a line and say, you know what, <laughs> brand, 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 brands are dead. I know you said you see it through your printing, but comparing brands these days for the majority of people that are buying cameras, I think is a complete waste of time and an absolute irrelevant conversation to have. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's certainly merit in lens qualities. Uh, and, you know, you can always say, look, you know, an OM kit lens is nowhere near as good as a, like a top line lens like they're going to be poles apart in quality absolutely but if you're just comparing brands and what most normal people are buying for their camera stuff i think we just need to stop it just becomes a bit of a dick measuring contest really and it Mm -hmm. lack of a better phrase but that's what it is like you see people rock up and they're just let's it's almost like when you rock up to a car park, you go, what are you driving what's he driving it's like some sort of status like community status as to how how good you are yeah, I mean, and you and I have, have seen both sides of the industry, so mm, we yeah. kind of get it. Um, one thing I, I will say, though, about um, about marketing is 
generally speaking, once you, so if you're buying your first SLR, yep. generally speaking, I'm going to guess 80% of the time, yep. if you bought a Canon, that's it. You're in the yeah, Canon yeah. ecosystem and away you go. So I understand fully why these companies need to be at the cutting edge um, of technology and 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 manufacturing amazingly sharp and, and and all these features like one 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 incredible feature that's available now is eye autofocus. So you you across this cam? Uh, is this where it follows the eye and focus? Yeah. So so for sports photography and wedding photography, portrait that sort of stuff, which I realise isn't what we talk about a lot, but um, I. It, it boggles the mind how good it is. Like it's yeah. so it's almost like cheating when yeah. you see um particularly sports. So I was uh it was um Frono's photo did a thing on it where oh, yep. he had uh I think it was like a, in an NFL game, uh so uh, American football. And even through the helmets, you could see all the fate all the eyes picked up. Yeah. But he had like he would have had like 13 players and yeah. all of them their eyes were picked up in, and it was like wow that's 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 pretty awesome yeah. anyway i i digress what yeah. i'm saying here is it's the company now that 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 can can capture the beginner or capture the the pro the, yeah. the, the what are they called the the enthusiast. high-end enthusiast the pro yeah. enthusiast that really yeah. wants to you know get good gear or get you know the latest high-end gear once they're in that ecosystem yeah. away you go and that that, yeah. that can that can chop and change a wee bit but generally speaking if you start with canon you're going to be with canon for yeah and, that, and that's that's a really good point you make there because i like i pull out the the new om1 which you know obviously i'm a big fan of and love the system and you know that's no secret but it, it really does almost sell itself that camera i've sold so many of these cameras into people's hands just off the back of them seeing a bit of what I do and them using it on the Olympus days. Um, but the one thing is like you almost see it's a bit of a buyer regret that they they look at this, they've bought their new Nikon or Canon or Sony or whatever it might be, and they see something that's maybe a bit better or a bit more practical for what they want to use. Maybe not better, I won't say, but more practical for what they want to use, lightweight, you know, interesting, you know, weatherproofing, all that kind of stuff. And the biggest thing they say to me is like, well, I can't change now. Like I've, I've spent all this money on Canon, Nikon, Sony, whatever it might be. I can't change over now. And like, I'm stuck. So I've said to a lot of people, well, you know, I can even see with some people that there's a couple of people I've had who've had Nikons with the giant 500 mil lens on it. And they literally walk with a limp because this camera is so heavy off their shoulder. Oh, and, and, like, and look, and, and you know what annoys me the most about that is they went into the camera shop. Yes, this is what shits me as well. Yep. The salesperson just went, come in, spinner. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to yeah. spend seven and a half grand. You need to get this lens, that lens. Oh, this is the best. That's the best. Yep. That really shits me because, you know, people are wasting their money, money that they could use on workshops, money that they could use to, to travel and actually yep. practice their photography. Yep. Um, you know, the average photographer does not need uh, a 70 to 200 f 2.8 lens they no. just don't need it that's um, right and, and and you're right and and again that's another thing i hear quite a lot is people go well i went into the shop and that's what they told me yeah. i would need yeah and I, I i sort of go back to them and say look you've got a camera yes it's an amazing camera and it's got incredible quality but you are actually doing yourself a disservice you're actually destroying your love of photography because you won't pick that lens up or that camera because it's too heavy and you're missing shots and you're missing opportunities because you won't do it. Like I have, I've had the customers that said, and, and this is where they get sucked into this whole, you know, uh, uh, marketing of, of brands. Uh, and I use Nikon as an example, because I've, I've seen them over the last few workshops with the big lenses and they've, they've turned around instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to sell this or and go mirrorless or I'm going to go a different brand or go smaller. Their response to that is, well, I'm just going to buy a second body so I can put the lens, the other lens on the second body and I don't have to worry about changing it. It's like, what? You're doubling your weight on your camera. <laughs> you're, right, going to have, yeah. you're trying to even your shoulders yeah. up. Yeah. So I guess my advice to people listening is, you know, it's never too late to change out or go smaller. And it doesn't have to be Nikon to somewhere else or Canon to somewhere else. It can be just Nikon to Nikon mirrorless or Canon to yeah. Canon mirrorless, whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah. Um, but don't feel like you're stuck with the yeah. brands you've got because – Really, yeah. across the board, if if you're thinking it's quality that's going to change across the board, it's not necessarily. It's going to be weight and features that probably suit your photography more. So I would encourage people to do some research and, and you can sell secondhand gear really quickly these days. And, 
you know, you can get pretty good money for lenses and things like that because people are always wanting to buy stuff. So, yeah, Canon L series lenses uh, generally sell for ninety percent of their retail yeah. value, yep. even up to ten years later. That's right. Um, they yeah. really hold their value very, very well. Yeah. I'll give you a prime example. So I've got a um, good customer of mine, um, uh, Steve, who came in and he he bought a uh, well he. Five years ago, he bought a Canon 5D Mark IV off me, and uh, he did get a 70 to 200 L series, and he got a 100 to 400 L series lens. Beautiful gear. He's yeah. a birder, loves you know bird vitro, blah blah blah. Um, came in two days ago and ordered a Canon RP, which is their bog standard entry level mirrorless, yeah. Yeah, full right. frame mirrorless. Um, got himself a Canon RP, got himself an adapter. So his L series EF lenses go onto the R thing. Yep. Uh, he bought that camera back in today to show me and it was perfect for him. Yep. He downsized everything. He could still use his old lenses if he wanted to. At this point, he had a 24 to 105 on it, uh, the F4. Really, really nice little setup. Um, point being, he got into full frame mirrorless, including the adapter for well under two grand, which I thought was fantastic value. I mean, when you have a look at this thing and what it can do. Yeah. um, Yeah. So, so that, yeah, they are out there where you can still downscale and stay within the ecosystem that you're familiar with, which is probably more important than anything like menus and stuff. You've got a shallow learning curve. So um, yeah, you know, if you, and like Cam says, if you're losing your interest in it, because you're carrying it, lugging around big gear, well, you don't need to do that anymore. Yeah, that's right. And I think also what you touched on there and something else we touch on a lot is, um, and I, I mentioned it on the other uh, episode last week when I used the baseline Olympus camera with the baseline lens and went around and t- took some shots. Yeah, I, I'm an I'm a, I'm a even firmer believer these days that the camera you have, and you've said it before, has absolutely no bearing on the quality of images that you put out. It is the driver. Uh, it's, a, it's the same as you put a Formula One car driver in a every it's like the top gear they used to do the average yeah. price the you know, lap into the everyday price about average car yeah. and you know the race drivers still do a crazy lap um it, it all comes down to your knowledge your vision your passion for the art and i really think that and it should be and always will be that the camera is just a tool that you use to create what you want to see so really a lot of people think well i've got to go buy this top line camera because it's going to make my photos better it's not it's not going to make any it's difference it. If there was one uh, industry or one art form where you can't buy your way to greatness, it's photography. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly <laughs> you right. Just, you just can't. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. You, you can get, you, yeah, you're right. You can get, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen people literally spend $20,000 on gear. Yeah. And then come to one of my entry level workshops, just like, I have no idea what I'm yeah. doing. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. We, and- we, we say this a lot. Get, don't you don't have to spend a fortune on no. your gear no and as as we've said a lot as well like we're here to help you know if you've got questions about gear that you're thinking you want to buy we will give you the the, the bones honest response as to whether yeah. or not you need that or not and you know you can take it or leave it what advice we give you but you know yeah, combo- i think i think some people might be a little bit reluctant to ask me because i do run a camera store and yeah i can i can sell you gear yeah i, I, yeah. I, I don't care about brands i really don't i have zero loyalty to any brands in my store if you come in you've done your research on a canon camera and you're keen on it well i'll i'll get you your canon camera no i'll even show you how to use it no problem at all yeah Uh, i'm not one of these guys that says oh have you considered the sony bar or the fuji or the olympus or the panasonic not you you obviously don't have spivs in your shop (laughs) (laughs) no i I don't think anyone does anymore cam i think they're they're a relic of the uh of last century almost though yeah, so yeah you know, the way things are so much tighter now but yeah I, I i pride myself on the fact that i'm an independent retailer mm. uh, and and when i say i'm independent i mean it i'm no one i i ain't loyal to no one i don't have to yeah. be um yeah. mind you these companies love it when i sell their gear for them which is yep. nice but you know they get it i'm a little mums and dad's store so i you know i'm yeah. happy to i'm happy to uh tell you exactly what i think of something and and I, I say this a lot in my store. Like people will come in, they might be scratching their head a bit. Like, oh, what would you buy? Like, and my general answer is, you know, it is really hard right now to buy a bad camera. Yeah. Um, I can't. Okay, maybe Pentax. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just lost all our Pentax listeners. Well, yeah, they're sort of battling a little bit. I wouldn't say. Yeah, they they they, they haven't they haven't done much for a while, but um, a few years ago they're okay. But anyway, yeah. sorry, I, I digress. Yeah. But you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it and and I base it more around okay. Well, 
what's your budget? Yeah. And I'll get a budget. And I say, okay, now let's halve that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now let's get you this camera. You know, and then that yeah. works so well because first of all, people don't necessarily want to have to drop a fortune on their gear, particularly no. when they're just dipping their toe in the water of of SLR photography or, or, or you know, photography that's better than their phone. Yeah, you know, and and mm-hmm. don't discount bridging cameras either. I mean, we we sit here and we talk a lot about system cameras, SLRs, interchangeable lenses, all that sort of stuff. Well, I'm here to tell you, there's a lot of very very good bridging cameras. Now, what we mean by those are non-SLR cameras. They have a slightly smaller sensor inside them. They have their own zoom built into them. Canon still make fantastic bridge cameras. Uh, yep. Olympus still make great bridge. Uh, Panasonic are very good at it. Their TZ series mm-hmm. is absolutely wonderful so um and a lot of these cameras have got the manual control dials and you know they're better for uh some of our older listeners who might not want to have to lug a heap of gear around you can really simplify it um Mm -hmm. canon sx70 hs for example have a look at that thing 800 bucks blow your socks off amazing what it can do so there you go yeah i don't know why i just threw a no, Random that's plug in for Canon there, but anyway. no, that's fine. We 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 love Canon, we love Nikon, we love we love all brands. We do except, except not, Pentax, apparently. We're not brandist. <laughs> yeah, I love um, good folk at Pentax. <laughs> yeah, hey, Pentax. Oh dear, we're yeah. going to get a letter. Moving on. Um, um, anyway, so that was what I wanted to touch on camera brands. In a nutshell, for me, brands mean nothing these days. Yeah, uh, oh, it's what you feel comfortable with. You know, you don't have to go buy the biggest and best to get the best photos out of it. And I can hand on heart guarantee you that if you know what you're doing behind a camera and you, you spend more time getting your knowledge up and, and understanding of it, then your photos will improve through the roof as opposed to dropping thousands of dollars on a camera. Yeah. Drop absolutely. it on a workshop, come and spend thousands of dollars with me and uh, drop it, drop it on a trip somewhere. Drop yeah. It on that's a, a blow. Um, absolutely. Do it. Um, um, are we going to get on to the other topic, you reckon? No, probably not. Oh, we, probably we already we, we, we roll that over. That's a teaser for episode fifty. Well, let, let's give it. Let's give it a teaser. We're going to we're, next episode. We're going to talk about waterfalls and photographing yeah. waterfalls and what yeah. you need to do to get. I won't read what's on the the run sheet, but what you need to do to get those shots. I didn't right. write that. I, didn't, I, I, I must. I think I must have been a bit ahead of myself. Ego. It no, was. Um, so we'll touch it on next episode. In episode fifty coming up next episode. So it's a big episode. Yeah. Well, I think we, I think it's going to be a four-hour episode. Is that what you said, Brendan? We we could either we could either talk waterfalls or we could have a have a greatest hits episode and go back through <laughs> greatest hits episode fifty. We could go. We could go back and just see how many times we've hung shit on Canon or Pentax. Well, it's 50 times at least. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll come back to waterfalls. Um, that was why we, we had these topics. Did we give a shout out to Chelsea yet? Who? Yeah. Uh, should we move on to deer cam? Yeah, we should. Yeah, I think uh, so. Because we got I, 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 Okay. Um, now, if uh, deer cam, for those of you who are new to the show, <laughs> is a segment we sort of roll out every now and then and then sometimes it disappears but it depends on when we get one so yeah uh, we get people to write in a question and they and old dear cam over here gets to have a crack at answering it and generally speaking i have a crack at it as well so it's it's yeah. dear us but we call it dear cam because it sounds catchy dear cam hey guys you're supposed to start it with dear cam so hey guys it's, I have ob- a, it's oh. obviously it's obviously you are both of us then hey guys i have a question for dear cam <laughs> Uh, do you need to get a permit to take photos in a national park? I might be looking to sell my photos next year. So will I need a permit? Steve from Semaphore in South Australia. Semaphore is a little suburb of Adelaide. Did you just make that up? It's a beach suburb of Adelaide. Is it? It is. Uh, all right, Steve. Um, excellent question. Um, I believe that across the country... Now I might be wrong in some of them, but if you're wanting to do any commercial work, and this is this can turn into a an absolute shit fight of a topic, because if you're wanting to do commercial work in a, in a national park, I'll, I'll use Tassie as an example, and Victoria and South Australia, because I've worked in all of them. If you're wanting to do commercial work in a national park in in those states, uh, you need to apply for a commercial license to do so. Um, the big question that the big gray area that comes up about that is, well, I'm just going on holidays and I want to take some photos, but then I want to maybe sell them later on to people or friends and stuff like that. Do I need a license to do so? Technically, as, as the letter of the law, I understand. Yes, you do. If you're looking, if you're going to make any commercial uh, profit or any commercial benefit from taking images in a national park and selling them for profit, then you do need technically to have a commercial license to do that in the park. 
Um, I think that it varies on degrees around the states and as to what you can and can't photograph. I know here in Tassie they're pretty relaxed on people doing happy snaps and just sharing them online and all that kind of stuff. But if you're coming to Tassie and you want to take photos and sell them commercially in your gallery, then technically you should be getting a license to do so. So I reckon as a, as a, as a safe thing for Steve, I would say that, yeah, you probably do need a permit in South Australia, but it would depend on what you're going to sell them, where you're going to sell them, uh, where you're shooting as well. There might be some places that are a bit more relaxed. I know, especially in South Australia, they've got quite a lot of Indigenous policies about where you can shoot and can't shoot and what you can and can't sell. Um, so I would say the base answer would be yes, definitely look up what the rules are for those national parks because um, you might just get unlucky one day and get an awesome shot, you know, for a kangaroo jumping across the water at a national park or something and then go and sell it and then someone tells you, you know, local, local national park that you're making money off it. Uh, and you might get a phone call from them. So I would say generically, you probably do. Yeah, I'm not well, sure if you know more about that, but Brendan, or no, I don't. No? Um, okay, I find that quite interesting because uh, as you were speaking, it raised a couple of questions in my head. Um, how many how many shots have you sold through your shop that you shouldn't have? That first, <laughs> uh, the sum apostles is comes to mind because what if I'm not in the national park but I'm taking a photo of the twelve apostles? Uh, how would you do that? That's a grey area. Well, the, you... well, the the marine the twelve apostles is in a marine national park, mm. and I think the border is the high tide mark, or something along those lines. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll I'll give you another little insight to national parks. A lot of national parks permits don't just necessarily be required for national parks. They also are required for reserves and anything managed by parks and yeah wildlife so, so state parks and state parks game reserves, state and game reserves marine reserves conservation areas the whole yep. lot yeah um so you're probably going to get a knock on the door from parks victoria pretty soon i reckon for yeah, all I the... hope so. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah it, it all depends like um the, the one thing that is good on the flip side of that for steve is that if you did want to apply for a, a parks permit they're generally fairly straightforward to get like you yeah. just fill in a form and say this is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm going to use it for. And this is the date I'll be there, whatever. Like I, I applied for my permit for uh, South Australia for the Flinders Ranges. Uh, they gave me a one-year permit, but then they're going to extend it to three after this year. And that was literally just a form. I had to show them that I was a registered business. I had to show them that I had the correct um, commercial licenses here in Tasmania. And I was a part of the accreditation for Australian tourism. And also the fact that I could drive a bus legally with people in it. But I think if it's just, just someone going out to do landscape shots that they want to sell, maybe just touching base with them and saying, hey, this is what I want to do. Do I need a permit for that? Each yeah. state might be different. They might say, look, you're fine. But if you're going to start doing this or doing that, then you'll need to apply for something further. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of common sense prevails <laughs> in what you're saying there. So yeah, nice one, Steve from Semaphore. If you have a deer cam question, by all means, uh, hit us up in the comments below or send us a DM. Is that what the kids do these days, Cam? Apparently. Uh, or an email. That's, what about a TikTok video? Send us, <laughs> do, send us a deer cam in the form of an interpretive dance on TikTok. <laughs> God. I, don't, I, I, I mean this with all due respect, but I don't think our demographic of listeners would be on TikTok. I want to see Mel do a TikTok video. Mel, yeah, and Mel and Chelsea, and maybe <laughs> maybe Mel, Chelsea, and Ash can yeah. can link up and do a, a, do a TikTok a, video for us, a triplet TikTok a, video. A dear Cam, I, I reckon it. Chelsea, I reckon Chelsea's on TikTok. She's very social media savvy. Um, I did have a TikTok account uh, in did you twenty. Really? Yeah, I did. Well, for the for the business because it's where the sure. kids were all. Of course, it was. Was totally for the business. Absolutely, I love, I love missing TikTok. Yeah, I bet you do. Yeah, uh, I, I, don't, I don't even know what TikTok is. Is it videos and stuff like that? That's I don't know. It's the same as everything. It's Instagram Reels or whatever it is, and mm. Facebook Stories, and it's all the same crap, mate. It's like, uh, it's like okay. camera brands. Before we move on from Steve from Semaphore, Semaphore. Yeah. Um. One other thing for people that are coming to Tasmania, uh, if you are wanting to do, especially Cradle Mountain National Park, there's a little bit of um work's going on there at the moment they're building a few visitor platforms and shelters and stuff like that um i had actually someone reach out to me on instagram 
uh, over the week, I was up there asking how the hell I got down to do sunrise and sunsets when they've closed the road to a certain point for private vehicles. Um, you can actually, as a photographer, you can actually apply to parks. You can just go to the front office, I believe, and say, I would like to get access to be able to park my car down the end at Dove Lake to do photos outside the bus routes at times. And most of the time, they're pretty accommodating. So if you are going to Tassie coming up and you do want to get down there for sunrise, sunset, otherwise you've got to walk two kilometres from where your car is all the way down. But you can ask the parks and wildlife. Uh, they are pretty pretty friendly there as well. So Yeah, good. Good to hear. Nice one. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, um, what have you got coming up this week? Uh, uh, I Actually, I am heading off. This um this tied in with our waterfall topic that we never touched on that we didn't do and get to yeah, that's okay. Right. Uh, I'm actually taking some people from the mainland around tomorrow for a couple of days, doing a really quick half lap at Tassie, showing them as many waterfalls in about two or three days as we can. Brilliant. Uh, and then I have an east coast of Tassie tour coming up uh, in about a week or so. So we uh, will head down the coast for five days and then a bit of a break, and then I think we're off to the Flinders Ranges after that again. So magic. Magic. And you'll be just in your shed doing canvases by the sound of it. Uh, for a little while, yes. Um, I am planning on going out and doing a few shoots. The uh, the sunrise and sunset thing you mentioned right off the top of the show about uh, that beautiful magenta that we're getting mm. in the sky, it's, it's crazy here. Like, and it lasts yeah. forever. Like, yeah. it goes right into twilight. So yeah. uh, keen to, um, I've got a couple of ideas for some shots I want to get. So I'll be out. Doing that, hopefully. Uh, and yes, I'd, I'd also, I'd also, I'd also like to welcome spring because spring's here apparently, down here. Oh, it is. It is. Oh, the cherry blossoms out. The waddles out. It's a, a tad early. Hopefully, they don't have to go back in again. But, well, uh, I, I'm calling it. It's spring. Oh, see, that's that's a, the jinx of all time. You're going to get like ten foot of snow next week now. Oh, what a shame! It always happens though, doesn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, we all we get that lulled into a false sense of security. Oh, the weather's improving. Here we go. Yep. And yep. No, get your get your puffer jacket back on. <laughs> yeah. so, anyway, sorry, so I, I interrupted your uh, next week. Sorry. No, it's fine. It's all good. I had nothing more to add than oh. um, than what I already said. So, right. um, that's it for episode forty nine. Anything else to add, Cameron? Uh, next week is fifty. 50 episodes we have been going for more, we have been going for more than a year now we have and we um we also hit another little milestone uh was it ten thousand? i told you was it ten thousand views or something yes probably, yes we, we passed on yeah. our youtube channel we passed ten thousand. Is, is that mean is that mean we can monetize it now probably not all right uh yeah. we also we also ranked i saw i said you this today as well we also ranked on our last episode we were the highest ranking photography podcast in australia which is just nuts give it up for the down south photo show hey, yeah there you go and from, uh from apologies big things, big things bro. apologies to everyone that's ordered one of the down south hoodies for 55 dollars plus delivery um they're, they're still they're on their way to you but uh nice. yeah i'm getting inundated with orders yeah you've had an order i've had none uh, <laughs> actually <laughs> actually mel, mel bought one but if hey. you'd like a hoodie or a t-shirt um they are pretty cool yeah. They got our heads on the back. Have we even got a store where people can go to buy them or would they have to email us? Just email us. Yeah, that nah. yeah. we're not that I'll, advanced, are we? Well, I can I can put them up on the on my tazphoto.com.au store, but that would mean <laughs> that would mean effort. And that's right. Yeah. This has been episode 49 of the Down South Photo Show. We'll see you for episode episode. We'll see you for episode 50 next week. Nah, hope we do. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>